Let me bring in our hypnotist, Marshall Silver. It's uh, Marshall Silver, ladies and gentlemen, the world's fastest hypnotist. Hey, good day, my little chickadees. Welcome home. So glad you're with me. I'm having a good time. I don't know about you. It is uh, raining in Southern California. So my uh, cold plunge and my soak in the spa and the sauna, particularly stimulating today. In fact, I was sitting in the uh, sauna. Oh, excuse me. I was sitting in the spa this morning and the rain was coming down on me and it was cold. It was a cold rain except I was thinking not nearly as cold as it was in Alaska at 53 below zero. We got a monster of a show for you today. I'm going to talk about mindsets and the architecture of what you've got to do to start creating millions. Plus, as usual, we're going to take your calls here on the show and uh, maybe you might win today. What is it? $8,000, $8,000 cash up for grabs. And all you got to do is say the secret word. The secret words rest on my desk right there. That's a secret word. You know it's a secret word of the day because the date's on it right there, 22024. And I'm excited. I'm very excited for the show today. Uh, number one, we're getting our stride. Uh, we've been on the air. This is show number seven, episode number seven of Marshall Silver Live. Already we are cranking inside of the ratings. And... We're doing great. So we're number five in investing. I think we're like number 22 on the chartable chart for business uh, podcasts and so much more. So I'm just thrilled after only, like I said, seven days, seven episodes. And here we are. Kind of surprising, too, that after seven episodes, we've already gotten it up to $8,000 cash. And if you're new to the program, uh, when you give me a call, when you get on the show live, visit Studio Money dot info forward slash live guests you could potentially win this what is this 10 ounces of pure marshall silver silver yeah it looks just like that isn't that gorgeous isn't that gorgeous isn't that gorgeous as he points at himself so at any rate if you don't know me i like to have fun i like to laugh i like to tell the truth and i like to be able to help you have a better life today's show Today's show, we start off with a technology that you're going to learn when you attend Turning Point. And by the way, we're brand new. And since we are brand new, I'm being massively generous. And on today's show, if you have not yet attended Turning Point, I'm going to give you two free tickets to Turning Point worth $3,000 a piece and have you come join me in person. Uh, I'll show you a video of what Turning Point's all about coming up a little bit later, right before we go into the vault and start taking your calls. When you attend Turning Point, you're gonna learn a technology that I created called psychoneuroduplication, P-N-D, psychoneuroduplication. I will tell you up front, I am lazy. I'm extremely lazy. And some people think, oh, I wish I was as lazy as you. I do too, I wish you were as lazy as me. And I'll give you my definition of lazy. Lazy is only doing what you wanna do, when you wanna do it, for as long as you wanna do it. Anything outside of that, it's a little bit of work. I'm lazy. 
Ever since I became a hypnotist, uh, when I was 23 years old, which is, what is that? 23, 37, 38 years ago. 38 years ago. Oh my God, I can't believe it's coming up on 39 years this year. When I became a hypnotist 38 years ago, I realized I had stepped into what I love. So as we start talking about millionaire mindsets, first and foremost, I want to introduce to you the concept of the lazy millionaire. I want to introduce to you the idea that maybe, just maybe, the challenge of you not making money is because you are working so damn hard. In fact, you're working too hard. Those that think govern those that labor. When you attend Turning Point, one of the things I'm going to teach you is the rules of the mind. And one of the major rules of the mind is the greater the conscious effort, the less the subconscious mind will respond. That's the reason when you lie in bed at night and you say, I've really got to get eight hours of sleep and you look at the clock and it's it's uh, 10 p.m. You got to get up at six. You lay down, you know, you got to get a good night's rest and you say, got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep. Then you roll over, you look at the clock and it's 11 o'clock. You've lost an hour. And you still have to get up at six and you say, oh, my God, now I'm only going to get seven hours sleep. That's OK. I'll be fine. I just have to get some sleep. And you close your eyes and you toss in your turn and you attempt to force yourself to go to sleep and you don't go to sleep. And you look at the clock and now it's 1230 and you say, crap, now I'm only going to get five and a half hours sleep. I'm going to be a wreck tomorrow. And so you force yourself and, and you you count sheep, you do anything and you're still not asleep. And it's two in the morning and you realize you're going to get four hours sleep. You're going to be a wreck the next day. You also realize there's nothing you can do about it. You realize at some point you always realize you're going to get the amount of sleep that you're going to get. Not a wink more, not a wink less. That's how much sleep you're going to get. And your obligations are still going to be due and payable when you get out of bed. So regardless of how much sleep you get, you still got to get up at six. Whereas if you just gotten into bed and said, you know what, I'll go to sleep when I go to sleep. I'll wake up on time, uh, extremely refreshed, ready to face the challenges of my day. When your brain, when you tell yourself that on a subconscious level, when you program your brain that way, guess what happens? You go to sleep when you go to sleep. In fact, the reason most people don't go to sleep is they're attempting to get themselves not to think of something. And nature abhors a vacuum. One of the rules of the mind is to program for what you want, not for what you don't want. I used to be a massive insomniac. In fact, it's one of the original reasons I became a hypnotist was to put myself to sleep. And there's a little technique, a little strategy when you come to turning point. And I keep saying when you come to turning point because I want you there. I do. I'm not selling it. Although it is available for $3,000 a ticket at silver.com forward slash TP. I'm not selling it. I'm gifting it to you today as a part of this show. When you attend Turning Point, I'm going to teach you that part of your challenge in creating your life is that you don't really have an idea of what that looks like. In other words, you're kind of going along and you have some rough ideas. Yeah, I want more money and I'd like to, you know, have great relationships and I want to have awesome health. Okay. How much money, what makes for a great relationship, and exactly what about your health are you wanting to maintain and or transform? And so you've got to define all those. So I'll do some, an exercise with you at Turning Point called your ideal day. And I'll have you start putting together the elements of what would be a perfect day. So for me, at this point in my life, what's my perfect day? Wake up at six, grab a cup of coffee, go outside, sit in the sauna for 20 minutes at 160 degrees, go into the cold plunge at 55 degrees for about 13, 14 minutes, uh, go into the spa, into the jacuzzi for another 20 minutes, and then go back into the cold plunge for another seven and a half minutes just to finish it off, then get out. 
So that would be the ideal start of my day. Then when my juices are flowing and my brain is on uh, overdrive, sit down, then I plan my day. I take a look at all the things I've got to do. By that time, it's 7 uh, a.m. So I say, okay, here's all I got to do. In my ideal day these days, yes, I'd be right here on this show. Because the key for you is to figure out how can you live your life exactly the way that you want to live it. Once you've devised that ideal day uh, on a piece of paper, don't just put it in a drawer. No, here's what I want you to do. When you lie in bed at night, I want you to have it on the nightstand. And initially, all you're going to do is read your ideal day that you wrote down out loud. After you have it memorized and you remember exactly what the day is, don't use the paper anymore. Lay in your bed as you want to go to sleep and begin visualizing your ideal day. A whole bunch of things are going to happen. A whole bunch of things that are absolutely amazing, gargantuan. And the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to start calling your subconscious mind to take action. You're going to start calling your subconscious mind to make that thing that you're imagining reality. Einstein said imagination is more powerful than knowledge. After he had famously imagined himself on the point of a beam of light traveling through space to create the theory of relativity. So the first thing you're going to do is, is, is imagine your ideal day. The second thing that's going to happen is while you keep imagining your ideal day and accessing the portions of your brain, your subconscious mind that are needed to create the actuality of that ideal day, what's going to happen is because you're focused on something, you're not attempting to make your mind go blank. Because you're focused on something, you'll go to sleep. It's kind of like reading a book or watching TV or anything that attracts your attention. The moment it has your attention, your subconscious mind starts to relax because your conscious mind is attentive. And guess what? Your conscious mind goes to sleep. The other day, we were watching Law & Order, a brand new episode of Law & Order, on the couch in the, in the living room. My wife was there. My son was there. And my wife had one of our four parrots on her ankle. It was just sitting on her sock. And she reached down. She started scratching its head. And it bowed its head down to get some scratching behind its ears and on its neck. And it fell asleep in that stretched out position. Why? Because it was focusing on the massage. Wasn't worried about anything else. All it could think about was how good that massage felt. So even when my life, wife took her hand away from the bird, it just stayed there in that stretched out position and remained asleep. One of the things you're going to learn, PND. What does that mean? Psychoneuroduplication, psycho the mind. In all things, the first thing you've got to do to accomplish anything from making millions of dollars to attracting uh, super hottie as a mate to having better health, losing fat, first thing you got to do is get your mind on straight. So the first thing you have to ask yourself, what would a person who succeeds, has already succeeded, who succeeds in the area that I want to succeed in, what do they think on a regular basis? What goes through their mind moment to moment? How do they view the world? Millionaires and billionaires, we view the world differently than paupers. We would never dream of getting on our on, on the on our phone with our cell phone company and arguing with them because they overcharged us 20 bucks. Because we know that if, if it takes longer than a couple of minutes, it's just a waste of time. And if the if the phone company won't adjust my bill, guess what? I should just change carriers. I'm if I'm that upset or surrender to the fact that it is what it is and go make a billion dollars so that 20 bucks is never noticed. So psycho neuroduplication, psyche, psycho the mind is coming up with all of the programs, not just one or two. You need to know all of the programs. I'll give you a few more about a millionaire. A millionaire has great self-confidence. They are certain of their outcome. 
A millionaire inside of their mindset also recognizes the value of their most precious asset, and that is their time. So they are constantly looking to multiply or leverage time. When you come to first million or irresistible influence, I will talk about these mindsets and expand on them even more, except time is the great equalizer. It's the thing that we all have. So if you're looking at somebody else who's accomplishing more than you're accomplishing, getting the things that you want to get that you don't have, one of the ways to do that is to recognize they use their time better. They stack their they they stack everything in the proper order. They put their ducks in a proper line. And so one of the things that you need to take a look at is what is eating up your time on a regular basis and is the thing that's eating up your time beneath your pay grade? Is it less than you? Is it working as a detriment rather than an attribute toward what you want? And if you need to get rid of it, get rid of it. I like chess. I like chess a lot. I admit it. I enjoy playing chess very much. I, I played some of the finest chess players on the planet, including I played Sir Richard Branson on his Isle of Necker down in the uh, British Virgin Islands. I love chess. The challenge for me is I love chess so much that when I had it on my phone, it would take me like 20 minutes to poop, 30 minutes to poop. You know what I'm talking about. So after a couple of weeks of that, I real okay, after my children saying, Daddy, why does it take you so long on the potty? I said, I got to take chess off of my phone because I'm uh, habitually, I go to the phone, you know, and I check for messages, sure, while I'm sitting on the pot, but then I start playing chess and it takes a long time. And my kids weren't happy with that. So uh, do you have any time wasters? Another time waster, drop-in visitors. I don't allow drop-in visitors. Even when I'm working out of corporate office, the staff knows, do not drop in on me message me. Even if you're in the office right next door, send me a text message, send me an email, send me a private message that says, hey, do you have a moment? Because I do not like to be interrupted with drop-by visitors. Another great time waster, scheduled meetings. What do I mean? Every Monday, eight o'clock, we have the weekly sales meeting. Well, that's all well and good if you're taking a look at sales figures and you're getting the team to all compete against each other. Except if you're having that meeting because that's what you've always done, it is time to stop. What is the highest and best use of your time? I told you today was a monstrous show. I got a monstrous piece of metal in my hands. That is right, 10 ounces of pure silver. Uh, you voted. And as we are going to have you vote today at the end of the show, you'll vote on who was the most interesting call into the show. You voted. And yesterday you had a gentleman whose house burned down. And he decided that he was going to transform his life, not make it a bad thing. He was going to make it a good thing and make things better. He is the epitome of what this show is about. So Paul Schumann, Paul Schumann, you just won 10 ounces of pure silver. Way to go. You are, uh, let me see, one, five, six. You are 70th ounce of silver that I've given away so far, 70 ounces. Today's show, uh, you might win the 80th ounce. So I'd like that very much. So at any rate, Time is the great equalizer, psychoneuroduplication. What is the next portion of it? Psychoneuro, nervous system, your body. There's a book, it's called The Secret. A lot of phenomenal authors. A lot of my friends actually wrote the book. They're really good people. The book sucks, it's dangerous. In fact, uh, to an amateur, it's downright deadly. And I'll tell you why. The book teaches the law of attraction. And because it teaches the law of attraction, it talks about the fact that all you, what you need to do is will the things into your life that you need to have happen in your life. Okay. Um, that's one thought. 
That's kind of like, though, the Christian or any religious person that gets on their knees and prays to their God, oh, God, please provide for me. And God wants to just kick them in the seat of their pants and say, I already did. I gave you knees to rest on. I gave you hands to put together. I gave you eyes that see a voice that can call out to me. Get off your knees. Get off your butt. Uh, use your hands. Use your mind. Use your eye and start doing something. That's God's blessing. Because without that, guess what? Nothing happens. So step two of psychoneuroduplication, psychoneuro, is you got to get your body doing the things that someone that has the success that you seek would be doing. Don't call up your phone company and argue about the $20 bill. Unless have somebody else that's making $15 an hour do it and tell them if it takes more than an hour, let it go. What is step two? Step two of psychoneuroduplication is gather up all the available data for the task at hand. When I got ready to do this podcast, first thing I said was, okay, how do we get to be a top 10 podcast fairly quickly? And I found an organization that that's what they do. They, they market to people, they contact people, they put the proper tags on the show, and they start getting that rating happening. I hired a full-time production company called Exposure. Monsi is uh, phenomenal. Nick and Monsi are working on the show, making those pieces happen. I gather up all the other available data. I said, okay, who has a setup that I could put both at my home in Carlsbad, also at my home in Las Vegas, that I can literally walk out, press a couple of buttons and go live like we are right now. So you gather up the available data. Notice that I said the available data. I did not say all of the data. And here's why. Perfectionism paralyzes. You'll never have all the data. Perfectionism paralyzes. There's a point where you have to swing the bat. There's a point where you have to acknowledge, you know what? I got what I got. Game time. Let's go. So once you have got your mind set, you've programmed your brain with the thoughts of somebody who's succeeding at whatever area you want to succeed. You want to have better relationships? Take on the mindset of Casanova. You want to have more money? Take on the mindset of Donald Trump or Elon Musk or anybody who's built great fortunes. Uh, you want to have better health, then take a look at the people that have really great health and ask them, what are you doing? I quit drinking alcohol back in July. Uh, I, I've drank alcohol my whole life. I, I had my first shot of vodka at five years old. My father, pure Polish, thought it would be amusing to uh, watch his son drink a full shot of vodka. And I downed that sucker. When you're five years old, alcohol goes in your mouth and out your butt in under five seconds. It does. I crap my pants on the spot. I've loved alcohol. I enjoyed my tequila. I enjoyed my wine. I quit drinking in July for a lot of reasons, and I've never felt better. Today is day, I just looked because I knew I was going to talk about this, day 222. 222 days since I've drank any kind of alcohol, and I don't miss it a bit. I am extremely happy because I became a different person. I started asking people that don't drink. I said, okay, what do you do in these circumstances? How do you handle social moments? You know, when you go to a bar, are you awkward? You know, uh, when everybody is, you know, celebrating or toasting the New Year's or Christmas, whatever, what do you do? And I ask people, well, I have the good news is my wife doesn't drink. She's never drank. And so a lot of times when something would come up for me, I'd say, you know, what do you do? What do you think when when things like this happen? And, and again, I'd become a different person. So what is step three of psycho neuroduplication? Glad you asked. I don't drink alcohol. Just not me. I didn't go through a 12-step program. I didn't go through withdrawals. I had people, when I told them I, I'm not drinking anymore, they said, oh, yeah, that first month is the hardest. 
that's a belief. That's a program. That's their truth. It's not the truth. It's their truth. And I told him, I said, no, I didn't have any challenge. In fact, just the opposite. I felt really good about not drinking alcohol. And especially my children who want me to be around forever, they like the fact that I don't drink alcohol. So it makes it even that much easier. So step three, act as if success is certain. So three steps. Number one, you've got to create inside of your mind the belief that you are the thing you seek to be. So it's I am dot, 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 fill in the blank. I am a genius. I am a multi-billionaire. I am too sexy for my shirt, whatever it is. Step two, gather up the available data. Success leaves clues. And part of the reason that other people have succeeded is they did things in a, a certain way. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels fame, famous for stealing other people's campaigns. In fact, sells it, promotes it, teaches it says, go to their campaign, look at their ads that are working, change the color slightly, change a word in the headline. You got a brand new ad. And he's unashamed about it. I agree. Why would you be ashamed at stealing somebody else's ad? Because it works. It works. If somebody else has something that's working, by all means, do what they're doing. I have a brother-in-law. He's lost, gosh, at this point, probably, my guess, 150 pounds. And he did it through intermittent fasting. Yes, uh, I maintain today. I'm still at uh, two, 245. Very happy to be there. I didn't see any weight loss overnight. Although I did, I did have a really good game of chess right before I got in the air. So maybe if I weighed myself again, uh, I'd be fine. At any rate, I don't eat anything before the show. So my show comes on. I don't eat anything till the show wraps, which means I'll stop eating at 7 o'clock. And I've got a seven-hour window to eat. During that time, I eat whatever I want to eat, whenever I want to eat it. What I'm finding twofold, number one, I'm not hungry. Uh, secondly, because my brain's been trained not to eat after seven o'clock, it simply lets it go. And my old habits of eating sweets, usually treats, because I'm not eat, drinking alcohol, uh, I had an overwhelming desire to consume sugar because I'm not consuming those after hours. My body's getting fit and much more healthy. We're going to start taking calls early today, by the way studiomoney.info forward slash live guest if you want to get on the air. Get your shot at the uh, $8,000 prize today and 10 ounces of pure Marshall silver. Silver, you can do that. So step three is act as if success is certain. In other words, what do you do? Carry yourself as if you're already successful. You won't become good with the opposite sex until your brain is wired to believe that you're doing them a favor by even talking to them. And I mean, everybody, you know, some people think, well, that's really arrogant. Arrogance is a lack of humility. You can be confident without being cocky. So if you want to be a millionaire, then your brain needs to say, I am a multimillionaire, even if the money's not yet been deposited in my bank account. Very famous story about Trump. He was struggling. His casinos were taking a hit. He was $1 billion in debt sell everything. He still owes a billion dollars. And he's walking down the street with uh, Meliana, his wife. And he says to her, they see a homeless person on the street. And he says, that homeless guy is worth a billion dollars more than I am right now. He doesn't have a billion dollars in debt likely. And I do. So he's worth a billion dollars more than me. Sound logic makes sense to me, except he's Donald Trump. And he knows that he's made a billion dollars so he can make a billion dollars plus again. 
There's an old expression that says your first million is the most difficult one to make, that once you know how to make a million dollars, you can simply do it again and again and again. And I would agree with that. Wholeheartedly, I would agree with that. In fact, so much to the point that I say, if your first million is the most difficult one to make, skip it. I mean that. This is not a joke. Move on to the next one. How do you do that? By saying the words, I am a multimillionaire. Just say the words. That's all it takes. Well, they couldn't be that simple, Mr. Rich Hypno Man. What if it is? What if all you needed to do was start by saying the words, I am a multimillionaire? It is my birthright. It is my destiny. Because we find what we're looking for, your brain will immediately start looking for evidence to support the program you just fired off. And since we find what we're looking for, guess what? You find it. When I was a kid, uh, my sisters got a hold of a Ouija board. We were at the chicken coop house. They got, got a hold of a Ouija board, and I was seven years old. Very impressionable. The programming's still happening hot and heavy. And they got on the Ouija board. They started asking questions about different family members. And when they got to me, I was already a magical hobbyist. And when they asked the board what's going to happen in Marshall's future, it said he will become very rich and he will become very famous. Now, at seven years old, I believe that Ouija board was magic. I believe that it was talking to some entity that knew the future. And, and so I believed it. I believed I was going to become rich and famous. I have a different belief about the Ouija board now. Now I believe it's psychosomatic, that it's pushed around the board by the, by the people with their fingers on it. Uh, because I've never seen a Ouija move on the board without hands on it. The day I see it move by itself, then I'll say, yep, I believe in the Ouija board now. So at any rate, because I believe that, I started living that. And it was shortly after that that I booked my first professional show. It was shortly after that that I started making money. It was shortly after that that I started working full time, uh, 40 to 50 hours a week at 10 years old. And it's all because of that, that I know who I am. Money comes easily and readily to me. I am a people and a money magnet. People fall easily into my life that will support what I'm going for. All of these programs, they matter. Every single thought in your brain is chosen. You do not have random thoughts. There's no such thing. There's also no such thing as willpower. You can't force yourself to do something that's against who you are. So the bottom line in creating a brand new life for yourself is this simple adage. It is not enough to learn. You must become someone new. Back when I was 17 years old, I got tired of people that would butcher my name. My birth name was Syl Sylvestrak, S-Y-L-W-E-S-T-R-Z-A-K. The family name in Poland was Sylvestraski which was 13 letters. So my dad thought he was doing us a favor, shortened it to 11. No favor. I shortened it to silver. And when I first changed my name to silver and I would say hello to people, my friends who knew me by my old name would say, oh, that's not your name. This is your name. And I said, no, that was my name. This is my name now. The Bible says, be ye transformed in the twinkling of an eye. In a single moment, you change who you are. In a single moment, you commit in a single moment, you are committed to this new personality. So the question I have for you is, what are you committed to? The, the, the world's going to do what the world does. On some days, the world's going to bless you and things are going to be easy. On other days, it's going to be sure hell. It's going to be absolutely, seemingly impossible. 
because that's life. I happen to be very, very grateful. Thank you, God. My life is unimaginably joyful right now. Okay, it's imaginably joyful. I have the most perfect wife. In fact, I'm going to do I'm going to do a whole week on relationship coming up soon because Erica has made my life so easy, so good that it's easy for me to excel in all areas. I remember before Erica, I excelled, except it was a nightmare. It was not easy. It felt like a wrench was being thrown in my gears every day. My children are perfect. I, I was sitting here in my towel after I got out of my spa treatments at Spa de Silver Sands, and I'm sitting here in my towel. And I already put my shirt on, except I'm in a towel and my son comes in and says, do you need pants, daddy? And I said, yeah, I'd love, love some shorts. So if I stand up, that uh, they don't get more show than they paid for. And my son went and took care of that for me. I have the most perfect children. I have the most joyful life. I've got the best fans. You guys are amazing. Absolutely amazing. Vincent DiCarlo, don't go advertising your, your salsa, no matter how good it is, in my feed until you send me a case. So if you're going to promote anything, you make sure you send me what you're going to promote before you promote it so I can give you my stamp and then you promote it. But Vincent, you owe me a case of salsa. So those three steps, psycho neuroduplication. First and foremost, millionaires know they're millionaires. Secondly, they gather up the available tools. What's one of the biggest tools? of becoming extremely wealthy, delegate everything. That's your job. You know, I saw a post the other day, Elon Musk has 60,000 employees. How in the world does he have 60,000 employees when you can't manage two? Well, the fact of the matter is, kind of like when I was talking to Sir Richard Branson on Necker Island, I asked him the same question. I said, you've got tens of thousands of employees. How in the world does that work? How are they all managed? He said, I manage 10. And if I find that I have more than 10 to manage, I give uh, the, the 11th and on to somebody else to manage. He said, if any of those people have more than 10 people to manage, guess what? They hire a manager to manage 10 people who hires a manager, who hires a manager, so on and so forth. So the bottom line is that you've got to once again ask yourself, am I doing things that are outside of IGAs. What's an IGA? An income generating activity. Your job as the figurehead of your business, let alone your life, is to figure out what activities actually assist you in the process that you're seeking to accomplish. If you're seeking to make money, then there's four methods of creation. One is labor. The second method of creation is inspiration. Third method of creation is serendipity. Last method of creation is manifestation. When you start understanding those things are true, you recognize that you can create a certain amount of wealth through your efforts. Yes, you can become a millionaire as a laborer. I, for the most part, have been a laborer most of my life. I have been a performer. I open my mouth. People throw money at me as a speaker. So I haven't had to build a business. As I've come out of retirement after the scandemic, I said, you know what? I'm going to build a business. We're going to build something that can be sold. And so Studio Money, our brand, is intended not only to be a brand that hosts the Marshall Silver Live broadcast, Studio Money is also designed to be a broadcast studio. So if you have a phenomenal podcast, if you have a show that's doing well, then as we build this broadcast, we put you on the network so that you have the benefit of the network's traffic and audience. The network has the benefit of your traffic and audience and everybody wins. Some people say, well, I wouldn't want to do that. You know, it's kind of like giving my listeners and viewers an audience to the competition. 
next step of millionaire mindset, stop seeing other people as competition. Start seeing other people as affiliates, as associates, as strategic alliances. Stop having competitors. And yes, you want to do better than maybe some other benchmark, but that doesn't make the person your competition. That makes their performance your competition. They are a collaboration. You'd be shocked at how much you can accomplish when you stop competing and just start collaborating. Hey, if you've got a question for me, jump into the studio. i got a couple people waiting. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. Studiomoney.info forward slash live guest. Somebody, please, somebody win the, the cash by saying the secret word that's in the envelope for 2024. Uh, also, uh, if you're the best call today, you don't even have to say the secret word. All you got to do is be interesting, be fascinating. If you're the best call today, your peers will vote on you and you can win 10 ounces of pure silver. So back to millionaire mindsets. One of the things that millionaires do is we don't ask, can I afford something? That's not the first thing on our brain. And paupers do just the opposite. They determine what they want based on what they think they can afford. Let me say that again, because it's really important. First and foremost, do not, do not determine what you want based upon what you think you can afford. Determine what you want based on what you want and then figure out how to afford it different strategy. Steve Wynn, certainly the godfather of Las Vegas. The single reason Las Vegas is what it is today. Uh, back in the early days when, when I was younger and I would go to Vegas, Vegas was a mob town. That's all that it was. It was a mob city. And when you went, all the casinos were dirty and they smelled like cigarette and cigar smoke. They were disgusting. They were no place anybody would want to go to. Steve Wynn, after having substantial success with the Golden Nugget down in downtown Las Vegas, saw that uh, the property where the Mirage sits was up for sale. He buys a piece of dirt. And when he buys the piece of dirt, he decides he's going to build a brand new casino called the Mirage that has a volcano erupting every half an hour, has white tigers in a beautiful enclosure, has dolphins in a lagoon. When you walk inside of it, you don't smell stale cigars or cigarette smoke. You smell a fresh tropical breeze. And when you walk inside of it, it doesn't feel like you're in a building. In fact, the atrium is so tall that they've got palm trees, live palm trees growing inside the building. So when you walk inside, it still feels like you're on a tropical island. When Steve went to build the Mirage, he didn't have the money. He didn't have the money to build it. What he had was an idea. And just like Steve Wynn, you two are one idea away from a billion dollars. So he says, I want to build this property. I want to make it, you know, this level of elegance, tigers and dolphins and volcanoes. Oh, my. And he went out and raised the money. So he has an idea, doesn't have the money. And he goes out and he raises the money. How many times have you stopped a dream? Have you ceased to take action on something because you didn't have the money? Yeah, I don't have the money. I, I don't have the money to be an investor. I don't have the money to launch a broadcast network. I don't stop. Just stop. Some is better than none. And it's up to you to ask yourself the question, what is powerful, positive, and productive and leads me toward what I want? What's one action I can take? There are times when I feel overwhelmed. Yes, me too. I guarantee you there's times when anybody who creates massive success just feels overwhelmed. On those moments, I, I have an expression that I use. The expression is tend to your breathing. 
If somebody else is out of sorts, maybe they're going into a panic attack or anxiety, or they're just massively upset, it's a really good phrase. It just says, pay attention to your breathing. Just focus on your breathing for a moment. I say tend to my breathing. What I do is I stop and I start to breathe. And as I breathe slowly, I realize I'm not dying right now. And although I might be anxious, I probably already ate. There's a roof over my head. No one's got a gun to my, you know, uh, threatening me or threatening my life. And then I open my eyes and I say, okay, what am I actually dealing with? Sometimes I don't know where to start. And so I start with something that I can accomplish. Maybe I'll go up and I'll reorganize my sock drawer. Maybe I will go up and, and clean some part of my closet or the garage or my office that hadn't gotten attention. And I'll do something that I can say, yep, got it done. I am a success right now. Because an object in motion tends to stay in motion, whether it's a baseball, a thought, or an entire lifetime, you end up where you're headed. So if you don't like where you're headed right now, guess what? You uh, need to change where you're headed. And you change that by throwing a pattern interrupt. Maybe it's a vacation. I just saw an interview yesterday that Walt Disney, even after the massive success of his studio, was feeling like he was worked to death. Uh, he would work. He would go home, take his work home. Often he would stay late. The wife would come and visit him and fall asleep on the couch. And he was getting massively stressed. And the doctor said, Walt, you need to shorten your work hours. You need to go on a vacation, not think about work at all. So he contacted his brother, Roy, and said, Roy, I want you to watch the studios for a couple of week, weeks. Me and the wife, we are going to go on vacation. So take a vacation. You know, my... My gift to my wife is always an experience. And this Valentine's and birthday, because her birthday is February 13, is no different. So rather than give her the gifts that I think she wants, I like to give her gifts that she wants. So one of the gifts is I said, you have a, a four-figure shopping spree. You got a strong four-figure shopping spree whenever you want. And I want you to enjoy it guilt-free. See, my wife's not one of those people that goes out and buys much. She doesn't really do that. And so I've got to force her to go buy things. Yes, I know. She's an angel. Second gift I gave her, though, was a uh, three-day, two-night vacation to wherever she wants to go. Why? So she can choose. Because that's making her life happen on purpose. So the next thing I want you to do as a millionaire is understand the core skill set you must have. If you don't have it, you probably won't become a millionaire. When you do have it, you can become a millionaire many times over in many different verticals. You got to fall in love with selling things. You got to fall in love with the idea of persuasion and influence. And I want to remind you, because when you come to Turning Point, I'm going to devote an entire morning on the second day to teaching you how to fall in love with selling, how to fall in love with influence. You know, we sell training programs. And my training programs range on the low end, a thousand bucks for a two and a half day program to the upper end, $70,000 for a three day program. And because the program has a substantial investment attached to it, we get a different level of commitment from our students. We get students that start asking bigger and bigger and bigger questions as they go down that path toward being who they know they were designed to be. Unique, powerful, positive, productive human beings. In that process, sometimes it is a complete reinvention. It's not unusual for me to have somebody come to me via some stream. 
whether it was network marketing or real estate investing or cryptocurrency trading, it's not unusual for people to come to me via a particular uh, wealth vehicle and then decide after they've met me, that's really not me. I, I really don't want to invest in real estate. You know, cryptocurrency, too volatile for me. I'm not having fun. If you're not having fun, yes, that's the lesson. You got to figure out what it is that's fun. I'm on the air live two hours a day. That's unusual. In fact, I cannot find another show like mine that is live two hours a day, five days a week. If you know somebody that's already live five days a week, at least five days a week, I don't care how long, but if they're live five days a week for at least an hour, point them out to me. I don't know that there's anybody doing this. Every single person that I told I was going to go live two hours a day, five days a week, every single one of them, including all of my most successful buddies, they said, are you sure you want to commit to that? And my response was, yes, I do. I'm a broadcaster uh, by nature. I've been on the air since I was 17 years old. And yes, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to generate an audience with hundreds of thousands of people here every single day. And yet everything begins. Everything begins. And no matter what you're about to get into, I want you to, uh, thank you, Sadia. No matter what you get into, I want you to be conscious of the idea that it's probably going to suck in the beginning. It's probably not going to be fun in the beginning. You're probably going to work your butt off and not produce much of a result, if anything, that's even measurable. But you got to do it anyway. You got to get through that time. I launched the broadcast back in 2013. We actually had extremely good success with it. It was before anybody knew what a podcast was, though. And because we launched it before anybody knew what a podcast was, the pressure was too much. I had my second child had been born that year. My mother died that year. And I just needed a break. You know who didn't take a break? He started his podcast right before mine, actually, like two months before we launched that broadcast. Joe Rogan didn't take a break. Joe Rogan stuck with it. Joe Rogan is the most highly paid broadcaster of our time. He is the most highly paid broadcaster of our time. And the beauty is that he does not have to uh, kowtow. He does not have to bend his knees to anybody. He teaches what he wants to teach. And at this point, he's so big, they're not going to be able to kick him off the air. You know, you, know, you know who else didn't quit? Tucker Carlson didn't quit. He said, no, you can fire me, except I'm not going to quit. And he goes and he launches the Tucker Carlson Network, TCN, Tucker Carlson Network. And he's crushing it. The video he did with Putin, what did it have? I didn't see the last count, but almost 200 million worldwide views. Crazy, man. That's a monster. Hey, I'm getting ready to start taking your calls. So glad you're with me. People often ask me, what's the number one skill that you think people need to possess to become a millionaire? Even if they don't have everything else, it's real simple. I already told you, influence. And make that influence irresistible even better. What is irresistible influence? It's not getting someone else to say yes. Irresistible influence is getting someone else to beg you for what you're selling. And that's not even the part that's going to make you tingle. And They'll beg you for what you're selling and have them believe it was their idea. <laughs> How awesome is that? That you could talk to somebody in language patterns that are so compelling that at the end of your conversation, they would say, take my home, nothing down, please. Do you think it's possible? 
Do you think that you could communicate that way? Do you think maybe it's possible that you're communicating in such a way that you're actually pushing people and you don't even know how you're doing it? That the way you communicate, even though you think you're doing them a favor and that you're communicating well, the challenge is you're pushing them away. I'm always amused uh, when I go on social media. It's really easy to know somebody's personality when you take a look at their social media platforms. Eh, I'm not hard to figure out. Most of my posts that aren't done by my team, anything that's done by me, uh, seven out of 10 times, it is going to be my family. I'm going to post a picture of Erica or the kids or all of us together doing some family activity because they are my priority. Uh, yeah, you'll see me post food from time to time because I like good food. Then you'll about 20% of the time, you'll see me post my adventures or something we're doing. I see people that every single one of their posts are about how great they are, about, oh, look what we accomplished, look how great I am. And, and while one or two of those, yeah, confidence is a phenomenal thing, if it's every single post you make, people will see it. Some people are very, they, they think they're being provocative. They think they're posting things that will cause people to engage and, and you know, interact with them and talk to them. And so they'll post things that are controversial, okay? Some of those controversial things are flat out attacks, and I'll see them post nasty, uh, nasty things, and uh, and and they attack. So so pay attention to what you're posting on social media. Make sure it adds value to other people's lives. Make sure the reason they're following you, the reason they're tuning into this broadcast, as an example, is because something that I say will increase the quality of their lives. Hey, we're getting ready to go into the vault. And we're getting ready to start taking your questions. If you're not in the vault already, uh, standing by, ready to get on the air, you need to be because every single day the vault gets completely full. And we are not able to take all the calls that we want to take and all the people that are actually in the studio. So if you want to get into the studio and get into the queue to get on air, now would be the time to do it. On show seven, we have some space in the queue and uh, would love to talk to you. When this thing gets going, and remember, I did a broadcast very similar to this in 2013. By the time we took it off the air, we had about 30 to 40,000 people a day on the broadcast. We had 500 people that wanted to get on the air. And we couldn't get more than four to six people on the air every single day. So get in the queue. Do it today. It's going to be too full. Uh, who's my salsa guy? I, I don't really look at the chat. I just saw a big paragraph selling salsa go past my feed. And so who, who was the one selling salsa? Vincent. I tell you what, Vincent. Uh, yeah, I'd like, I'd like some of your salsa, but I want you to tell me about it. I want you to sell me on it. So you get on the air, you show me your salsa, you tell me why your salsa is better and why I would want a case of it shipped to my offices so that I can enjoy it. And if I like it, uh, talk to you some more on the air. So you get it, you get into the studio. I dare you, hottie. You get into the studio. Tell me why, why? I should talk about your sauce on the air. So we're about to go to the studio. Uh, remember today, a lot at stake. I've given you plenty of clues as to what is in this envelope. What's the secret word of the day for 2 2024? I also said, if you're the most interesting call of the day, then I have uh, 10 ounces of pure silver for you. And I'd like it to be you. Studiomoney.info forward slash live guests. Get in the queue before it's too late for you.
Turning Point. Two tickets to Turning Point when you get here. What is Turning Point? Turning Point is designed to do three major things. And again, I'm not selling it. I'm giving it away. Two $3,000 tickets to everybody that gets on the air if you have not yet attended Turning Point. Uh, first thing it's going to do, it's going to show you how to reprogram your brain with the thoughts of a multimillionaire. Uh, I'll actually program your brain at Turning Point uh, repeatedly to start taking on those thoughts. Second thing, it's going to teach you the skills of irresistible influence, how you can sell anyone, anything at any time. And then lastly, Turning Point is going to, and I warn people about this, it's going to turn up your wantingness. It's going to make you want a bigger life. And the beauty of what turning up your wantingness will do, it'll give you back your mojo. It'll give you back your motivation. It'll give you back your drive to produce at a higher level. We uh, have been using a service, a private jet service between San Diego and Vegas. And I've been using the service because it was infinitely, especially after Biden's gas price hikes, it was infinitely cheaper than chartering a plane. Back in the day, I could charter a plane to Las Vegas for right around five grand. Then it went up to right around eight grand. After Biden got in office and gas prices multiplied, and don't even argue that they haven't, that's just insane. After gas prices multiplied, the one-way trip started to be about $15,000. And so at that point, I just said, man, especially if it was me traveling alone, it's too much. 30,000 round, it's too much. Let's drive it. And I attempted to drive it after all these years a couple of times. And uh, God was watching out for me. Uh, the last time I drove to Vegas, we got a flat tire en route to Vegas in the middle of nowhere, literally an hour outside of Vegas. They had to drive from Vegas, come pick us up, come tow the car to Vegas to repair it. And then we get back in the car on the trip back and I'll be damned if I didn't get a flat tire on the way back in the exact same out of the way location as I did on the way there. So I swore that I wouldn't do that anymore. So we found a service called SetJet that provided transportation between San Diego and Vegas and a few other locations. And it was $750 a person. So my family of five, it's under four grand one way back to the old days. Downside, we did have to share it with random passengers, except it was a 16-seat private jet. The back compartment sat five people. My family would just go back in the back, and for all intents and purposes, it was private. Set jet just went out of business. It just went out of business. And since I believe everything happens for a purpose and it serves us, I realize now may be the time to buy the studio money jet. It's time. Higher and better use of my time. So at any rate, here's what we're going to do. We're going to roll the turning point promo so that you can see what it's like. We also have another event. I'm going to roll these promos back to back that's coming up in Vegas. The, the event coming up in Vegas on the 4th, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, 4th through the 7th is uh, coming up in Las Vegas called First Million Irresistible Influence. Then we've got a day down. And then right after that, uh, we go immediately into turning point. So uh, irresistible influence, first million, the fourth through the seventh, and then turning point, the 11th through the 13th. So lots of good stuff going on. I'm going to roll both promos, both turning point promo and first million promo, because I'm going to bless somebody. Uh, I'm going to bless everybody that calls in is going to get two tickets to turning point. And I might even bless somebody with a first million irresistible influence ticket, which is worth another six grand. Uh, then we're going to go into the vault. What's the purpose of the vault? Very soon on this program, we're going to start cutting off the feeds to other social media platforms like 
Facebook, like uh, YouTube, like uh, LinkedIn. We're going to cut the feed to all of those. We're going to go directly to my website. And the reason is real simple. I had 155,000 followers on Twitter before Elon Musk bought it. And I happen to be a fan of Donald Trump. I've shared the stage with him 30 times, more than most people. I believe I know him on a personal basis, having spent substantial time with him backstage when nobody else was there, nobody was watching, and he had no reason to behave any differently than how he is. Um, I happen to believe that part of the challenge for people is that they don't realize how their hypnosis keeps getting in the way. So what I wanna do is I want to help you understand how to learn irresistible influence at the deepest level and how to make this your first million or your best millions year. Uh, we'll show both that video, then the other video. Then we will go into the vault. We're in the vault. I'm able to talk freely and not get banned from social media platforms. So I see a lot of you have been here. Teresa, you're massively patient and awesome in every way. You're going to be my first caller after we get into the vault. So check out these two promos and then join me in the vault where $8,000 cash 10 ounce bar of pure silver up for grabs. It might be you. Check it out. Turning point. A total change in direction for the better. Who here is ready for a turning point? You absolutely have to have one. Put them high. The two-day turning point seminar is different than any other program in that it does more than just teach you the skills for your relationships, wealth, and power. It also programs you on a subconscious level to put those skills into immediate use. This weekend is about empowerment. This weekend is about you understanding how to take charge of your own life. You will learn total control of your thoughts and emotions. How to use END or psychoneural duplication to take on the thoughts and actions of others to produce similar results. Whether it's losing weight, changing habits, being a millionaire. When you think what a millionaire thinks and you do what a millionaire does, you'll produce similar results. You will learn to program these powerful tools at a subconscious level for immediate and lasting results. Your conscious mind is what's called your critical factor. It's the mind you're using right now to determine whether the information I'm giving to you will work for you or not. Your subconscious mind, on the other hand, is merely a computer. It's non-critical. It doesn't even have the ability to make judgment. So all trance, hypnosis, reprogramming is, is setting aside the critical factor of your conscious mind and non-critically accepting suggestions. And empowering. To make a fear vanish, you must experience it fully. As it helps you create your life exactly the way you want it. Bring your family closer. Find the love of your life. Create strategies for wealth. Learn irresistible influence and so much more. Because of the intimate nature of this course, seats are very limited. Register now before your life passes you by and there are no more turning points for you. Tens of thousands of people have learned this information and are using it daily. You don't get angry if you get fired from your job and you know that within two years you will be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. It's your time. There's a way for you to win this game that is different than how you're doing it. And it works. It's your life. When you learn how to do that, you become more powerful and power is for use. It's your turning point.
love and learn how to monetize that on a seven-figure level. Do you want to know exactly what you need to do and what not to do to have your biggest year ever? If not now, when? First Million. A two-day subconscious learning experience that both teaches and programs you with the personality traits and habits of multimillionaires. At First Million, you'll learn how to take almost any wealth vehicle to a seven-figure level or better. You'll learn how to stop using vehicles that don't work, are too difficult, or simply unsuited for you. Making money is supposed to be fun. Stop living your life, getting ready to live your life, and start living a life of adventure. First Million was crafted to not just change what you do, it's also going to change who you are. Instead of trying to become a millionaire, you'll learn that you're already a millionaire even if the money has not yet been deposited in your bank account. Beyond mindsets, you'll learn the actual personality traits of multi-millionaires so you'll naturally do what millionaires do to produce a similar result. One of the key personality traits of a millionaire is charisma. Imagine being able to walk into a room and without speaking a word, have the entire room drawn to you. Imagine others hanging on your every word, wanting to be near you, to be in business with you, and hungry to buy whatever you're selling. First Million will teach you how to use the charisma that politicians, entertainers, CEOs, and celebrities use to move nations and make millions. You'll also learn how to get more done in less time. You'll learn priority management and what the highest and best use of your time is. You'll learn laser-like focus upon IGAs or income generating activities and you'll learn to let go of anything below your pay grade. What if you had more customers than you ever imagined? What if they came right to you and fought to buy from you? At First Million, you'll learn attraction marketing and strategies to get others to pay you for your marketing and advertising before they even purchase your offer. When you attend your First Million, you'll begin to see an overwhelming amount of amazing opportunities all around you. You'll look through the matrix and easily identify target-rich environments. You'll learn dovetailing and stacking strategies to acquire more customers and do more business with the customers you already have. Unless something is sold, no money is made. Whether you're a sales pro, a novice, or even scared to death of selling something, your first million is going to have you fall in love with influence and enjoy it as the game that it is. When you believe in what you're selling, you're obligated to sell it. You'll learn exact language patterns of influence and persuasion. You'll learn how to get others to ask you for what you're selling and have them believe it was their idea. You'll become dynamically able to use arcing statements, direct links, embedded commands, and so much more. An entire tool belt of selling gambits will be yours after you get to your first million. As a first million alumni, you will be clear on what you need to do to GTFM or get the freaking money. You deserve great wealth and your first million will help to raise your self-esteem around the topic of money. The amount of money you make will always be determined by your own self-image. You'll learn what billion dollar corporations already know about outsourcing, how to get anything below your pay grade done for pennies on the dollar. Your first million will give you the groundwork to understand presentation skills and the highest paid profession on the planet, public speaking. 
When you graduate from your first million, you'll be able to create presentations that inspire with confidence and power. If all that weren't enough, there's so much more. Making your first million is almost certainly going to require that you manage at least a small team. You'll walk out of the course with the knowledge of how to lead teams and synergistically get more done in less time. Technology has made our lives so much easier as we've learned how to harness it. The First Million course will teach you what is up-to-date and available in technology so that you can use that cutting-edge technology to get more done and have more fun. You'll also learn how to harness the power of the Internet for massive, passive profits. Every time you attend Your First Million, you'll learn new technology and Internet marketing strategies as these two portions of the class change every time you attend. It's like getting a brand new seminar each time you come. If you're a representative, you may attend Your First Million as often as you like, totally free, with your enrollment in the First Million course. If you're not yet a rep, or if you have not yet invested in Your First Million, enroll now. Everything begins in thought, and you know what you want to say. Go ahead, say it now. Say it out loud. I'm ready for My First Million. Yes, we are live in the vault where we can talk about sex, money, power, and all my favorite topics. <laughs> so I'd love to have you join me in the vault. Go to studiomoney.info forward slash live guests to get on the air. Teresa, you've been patient. You were actually in the studio waiting to get on the air at the top of the show. So I compliment you on your dedication and your ability to make things happen. Welcome home. Thanks. Thanks, Marshall. I really appreciate it. Well, you invited nice me here today, actually. I invite everybody. Absolutely. So uh, where are you right now? I am actually in my Airbnb off of Blanca Mountain. I, I was going to have that at my background, but it's so bright outside. You can't see it, but I do want to just turn it. And so you could see, maybe you could see it. Let's see. Well, how beautiful is that? Look at those mountains. Yeah, that's our mountains. And you got snow, snow. <laughs> yes. Today's going to be 50 degrees, though, which is awesome. Well, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> yeah, we love the temperature. So, so what's your question? So, you know, I went to. Um, um, you are inner um, circle. I'm an inner circle. And I went yep. to Turning Point and I, from Turning Point, I jumped in and went all the way to Inner Circle right after that. Yeah, you did. And you jumped on, you jumped on my private jet and flew back did, to me which from fabulous. Ohio. Yeah, you guys are amazing. Uh, four students, as you know, yourself and three other people made the commitment in Cincinnati. We're going to Inner Circle, got it done by Monday, the following Monday. Yep. And uh, on that, I think it was Sunday, you were on the jet with me and flying back to Carlsbad. So yeah, you you are uh, you're amazing. And I also want to point out something, and, and I and this is really important for me. Your significant other, your hubby, supported you in going for what you want. You know, I've been I go on and on about Erica, and so I I want to 
point out and acknowledge when other people have amazing significant others and your amazing significant other supported you in coming to Inner Circle, and it's a $70,000 program, supports you in going for more. And, and again, I don't know how the relationship is going. All I can say is I make sure when Erica takes the care that she takes of me, I make sure everything she wants is handled, no matter what that is. So glad well, you're here. One of the reasons why I went to Inner Circle was for my relationship with my husband to be even better than it yeah. is. And yes. you, of course, gave me some awesome pointers and how to do that. And in this several weeks, it's only been several weeks, yeah. um, everything has turned. Everything has turned. It really is a turning point. And that's what I really wanted for us. Um, so he is very much um, my rock and he supports me and I love that. Um, I He actually was the one that asked me to text you my question um, for today. And awesome. so from Inner Circle, you had talked about um, Caesar um, that does the collaborative book books. Yep. And I've been wanting to do a book, but my book is not a writing book. My book is more into my art and my um, nature that I do. I take thousands of pictures. I, um, I like art. I like drawing. I like painting. Um, mm -hmm. I love photography. Um, and that was one of the things that I found. I mean, I was, I was in turning point because of real estate, but I was really found that that's not my passion. That was the vehicle I wanted to make my millions on, but really my passion is nature and art and beauty. And I mean, where I live, we're where we want to live. Yes. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't necessarily, I mean, it would be nice to have a, a plane so I wouldn't have to drive five hours to Denver or four hours to Albuquerque to get to Vegas. But, um, but you know, and I, I love where we live. I, yeah. I love, um, we have water rights and um, we have an island that's just, um, it's our paradise, it's our little paradise of island. So yeah. really excited about that. But so, so my question, <laughs> um, my question is, I was going to do the collaborative book with Caesar, and um, I was talking to Jeff, my husband, about it. And he said, ask Marshall. He's like, you even told me that, you know, your passion is not real estate. Your passion is not writing. He says, I've never seen you really write things. And I'm like, no, that my book is not writing. My book is more of a picture art book. Um, and he's like, well, doesn't make sense for you to actually do this book with Caesar when you're not really a writer. Um, so my real question, I guess, is if writing is not my passion, how do I, well, one of the questions Jeff asked me to ask you was, how do I know really what my passion is? 
Sounds to me like you already told me. <laughs> yeah, you just told me. And you're not paying attention to you, apparently. But you just told me what your passions were. Your passion is photography. It's it's art. It, it's that entire world. My passion is being here on this show. It is brand new. We are seven days in. Uh, Erica, yeah, Erica, thank you. Erica asked me, you know, what do you think about the show so far? And she said, will it keep your interest? Because she knows me. And I said, it'll keep my interest as long as we see growth in the numbers of people tuning into the show. I said, that's like anything else. She said, well, how do you feel today? I said, we are giving great value today. And my prayer before I go on the air every single day is the same. Let everybody who is supposed to be there be there and let me change the lives of the people that are there. And that is called, that's surrender, number one. And then the second thing that that is, is that's also an understanding of managing expectations. So I want to get back very quickly to your question. If somebody told me uh, you're going to go on the air and you're going to have, you know, this minor amount of people for six months and then it's going to explode, I, I, I might say, gosh, I don't know if I'll last six months if it's a minor amount of people. But if they said... Uh, all your other worries are concerned. And every day for six months, there's somebody on the show that needs you. And even though the numbers won't be very big, somebody needs you and you're going to save someone's life every single day. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. Absolutely. So sometimes we've got to change the frame of what's going on in our head to make things make sense. You asked me a direct question. No. Uh, Caesar's book in, in the form that he is offering it to you right now is not suitable for you. Okay. You're not a speaker. You're not a trainer. You're not a writer. There's no other benefit to that. That said, do I think that a book would be beneficial to you? I do. Absolutely. So what I would do if it were me is, is Caesar, one of the things that he has, he's got a system for publishing books and he makes it easy and he makes it extremely, uh, how, how do I say this? Uh, carefree. It's just stress-free. The thing I believe is that a collaboration book on your photographs and your art would be a much better book for you to be in. And so the key would be to find uh, eight to 12 people that want to do that kind of a book and put that kind of a book together. Do I think Caesar can put that kind of a book together for you? Absolutely. Do I think you should be in the collaboration book where you write a chapter and everybody else writes a chapter? I don't. Okay. You know, and, and, that's, and, and, that's helpful. Yeah, I, I don't think you should be in that book. I don't think there's any usefulness to you. Correct. I would I would be remiss as your mentor if I didn't tell you that truth. So I don't think, and, and Caesar's done a lot of books, and I've I've been in I think maybe three of them along with him. Okay. The books are phenomenal. If what you're wanting to do is have more brand on that particular topic that you're writing on, since you don't, don't. I want you to, to write down a name, and I, I don't have the proper spelling because uh, it's not coming up for me on my search. We have somebody that's an Inner Circle member uh, that is a, a artist. In fact, her art is photography of nature, and she does oh, a nice. phenomenal, phenomenal job. The, the, I have two of her art pieces at my home in Vegas. She's so good. Her name is CB, and uh, I will find her name for you customer service will bring her up to you. Uh, okay. She'd be a, a great person for you to connect with. Cause I think yes, a collaborative book that has artwork in it is an inexpensive way to get published as an artist.
which is just as valuable as it is getting published as an author. Getting published as an artist now gives you a calling card that you can hand to people and say, here's my artwork, check it out. So no, I That's don't think cool. that you should do the traditional chapter with, with him or anybody. I don't think that your, your husband's 100% right, Jeff's right. You're not an author, you're not a coach, you're not seeking to be a coach. You're seeking to do things that will make you money. And I, I appreciate the fact that you're throwing noodles against the wall and sampling the buffet. <laughs> but I thought this, I thought this when you were at your inner circle, uh, you know, we had Tim there and Tim made the comment yes. that he, he makes about $50,000 per real estate transaction that he does. And everybody said, well, tell us, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, it would be useful for him to be in the book talking about how he makes $50,000 per transaction that he does on average, because then people will call him and say, hey, how do I do that? Right. If you're going to do a book, the book's got to have a purpose. You know, there's no real purpose in just doing a book for the book's sake. There's no author on the planet, I believe, that just writes a book so they can write the book and doesn't care if anybody buys it. We all care if somebody buys it, but nobody is going to buy the book you didn't want to write. And they're only going to buy the book that you want to write. So absolutely. Let's start writing books and include your art, you know, connect with CB. And there's a couple of other people that are in our database that I know awesome. would be a phenomenal collaborative book. In your next conversation with Caesar, tell him exactly what we talked about. Tell him Marshall said oh, yes. he didn't think I was suited for the collaboration book, but he did suggest a collaborative book on artwork. Okay. And then cool. maybe, maybe you and CB can get into that book as well as some other authors and start sharing your art on a grander scale. Work for oh, you. that would be great. Okay, so I want to see um, because I was really paying attention on the word of the day. So um, I was thinking spa or ocean or water. Yeah. So Did use use all, use all those in a in a sentence. Oh well, I miss being in San Diego, watching the fabulous ocean out your deck. And when we went into your cold plunge and then went into the spa, it was the most fabulous and wonderful experience that I got to do with the rest of our inner circle members that we were with. And I loved it. And I loved your house, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, forgive me. That, that was horrible for me to do that. No, those aren't the words. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I want to get people to use the words in inside of uh, a sentence, though, and I want to train people. No, those aren't the words, except I'm excited that people are taking a shot at it. So good job. CB, write this down. This is her name. My, my okay. team just messaged me. CB, S-E-A-B-E-A, -E -E her last name, G-H-O-P-H. P-H-O-P-H. Awesome. G-H-O-P-H. Yeah. She's up in uh, Northern California. Okay. She's the most amazing human being. She's also level 10, also inner circle. Most amazing human being, does phenomenal artwork. You guys are going to hit it off great. That'll be awesome. By the way, do you see? I wear it all the time. I love it. Prosperity. And I wear them both together. That is beautiful. You, you just made Prosperity's Day that you are Prosperity Style times two. Great job. And I love it. Love it. Thank you. You're I love you, Marshall. You're loved. You and um, frogs and toads, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Take care, Therese. Thank you. God bless. People are awesome. Man, I should have asked her, frogs and toads. What's that mean? What's that mean?
go ahead and, and put it into the chat, Teresa. Tell us what frogs and toads means. Hey, I've got somebody else on, and I'm going to take this in a slightly different order. Uh, I'm going to take uh, SoCal Ken, uh, Ken Hammond next, and then I'm going to go to Monica right after that. So uh, make sure you guys stay on. Daniel and David, I see you there too. So let's move as quickly as we can. Hey, SoCal Ken, calling from the car. Calling from the where car. Are where are you right Rich now? Richmond, Virginia, baby. Enjoying a, a quick car ride, but I wanted to make sure I didn't get distracted and walk out or anything on you. So good to see you, man. Congrats again on the second week now, right? Yeah, we're on day seven of the broadcast. And, and uh, for those that don't know, Ken Hammond and I have a history. Ken listened to the broadcast, you know, 11 years ago when we were doing the previous broadcast, Million Dollar yes. Training Network. In fact, I think you were the second person to win $1,000 cash from me. Correct. You are right. I love it, man. And I just love what you're doing now. I mean, it's so perfect. I think you could do this commitment. And like you said, this is what you do. You help people live. You help people in person. And even though you're not physically with them, you are making a huge impact. So again, I'm rooting for you. And it's so excited to see this grow in a major, major way. And uh, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. I know we always have a lot in common, obviously. One being chess. I play a lot of chess. That might be a slight addiction. Um, but I did the same thing you did. I do, took it off my phone because one, it's just too darn small. And two, <laughs> it, it is just a big uh, time waster if you're doing other activities and all that. So if you ever want to play? We, yeah, exactly. That's right. And isn't so let, me great, you, let me ask you a question because I was pondering yeah. this. What is it that you like about chess? Uh, well, one, it's, it, it's, it's, it is the addictive nature of wanting to play a quick game. Knowing that it's only, I do the speed round, so it's only 10 minutes max, right? So it's like, okay, if I'm kind of like, I need a break from creative stuff or anything like that, I'm like, all right, I just want to play chess. And I know I still have to think about little things, right? And I like the competition that it's worldwide. I learn all the flags. I think I know all the flags of all the people out there. Right? And it's kind of interesting to play. And I always like, this is kind of goes back to what you say, revise, rehearse, um, review, when I lose and even when I win, I go back and I see exactly how I should have played because that's one thing I want to learn. I want to keep getting better. Right. So it's kind of like a, you know, I want to get a thousand rating and right now I'm like at 850 or 900. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that thrill of competition and wanting to get better and trying different openings and everything like that. And when you get checkmate, that is the, the best feeling, right? I have a little punching thing that I do against the uh, monitor and then <laughs> I take a break. So how fun is that? Right. I, I agree. I like chess because it is uh, predictable. I like okay. chess because, because the game is pure. There's no chance in the game of chess that it's all fortitude. And the only advantage a player has is to be first to move. That, adva that advantage is minor. So if you're first to move, if you're white and you move first, that's an advantage. And then after that, it's about constant improvement to me you know obviously if i take if i take your bishop then i have that advantage over you if there's uh, eight primary pieces seven not counting the king if there's seven primary pieces not counting the pawn or the king if i take your bishop or i take one of your primary pieces i'm that much ahead of you which doesn't seem like a lot but if we trade pieces for the rest of the game then i ultimately will be one major piece ahead of you which gives me a substantial advantage. And so one of the things I like about chess is I like the order of things. I like being able to come back and do better the next time and better the next time and better the next time. The other thing I like about chess 
is it requires forward planning. Another one of my favorite games is Scrabble. And the reason mm -hmm. I like Scrabble is just like chess is chess isn't just what's on the board, as you know. If you're playing online, I don't really play online anymore. I only play in person. But if you're playing online, that people start talking trash. And the trash talk <laughs> is designed to distract you. Right. So if you if you are mentally strong like Tiger Woods, whose father used to scream at him and throw things at him while he was golfing to keep him focused, if you have that mental ability, then nobody talking trash is going to bother you, but it's going to bother them that it doesn't bother you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and so I love the time pressure too. I, and, and and I'll follow up with my question. The time pressure is great too, because in theory, yeah, you can make the perfect move if you have unlimited time to do things. But I love challenges that are in a specific time because your heart starts beating a little faster. You know, you have to make a move and the other person does too. Um, which again, if you're drinking alcohol and you're trying to play chess, you're not probably <laughs> going to do too good. So um, that's, that's another thing. I know we both uh, do not drink alcohol. Um, I've cut that out of my life and also caffeine as well. Um, really focusing on mind numbing, um, drugs, whether it's, you know, vaping, alcohol, caffeine, and, yeah. uh, you know, one to, to be, it, it sounds like you a little as well as become a role model for my daughter, who's turning 15 and, you know, there's different things going in my head where, you know, it, as she gets older in each grade, I look back at what I did in that grade. Right. And I'm like, Oh boy, if she does even half of what I did when I was that age, Oh boy. Right. And I don't, I, I I'm 90% sure that I want to go to a place where I'm like, honey, I'm telling you, you don't drink caffeine. Daddy and mommy don't drink caffeine. And I don't want you to have caffeine. I don't want you to drink alcohol. Daddy doesn't drink alcohol. You know, I don't want you to vape. Daddy doesn't want to vape. Uh, but part of me, I don't know if it's her personality. You know, some people just want to try new things and it, you know, is it okay if she has a sip of something or is it no under no circumstances ever again, you know, ever do this. And I don't know if what the strategy should be like, you know, she did admit one time where it's like, you know, she, she's friends with lots of people. She's very social. She's an athlete. And we asked her, you know, I think some of your friends vape, honey, is that true? She's like, yeah, daddy, they do. I said, have you done that before? And she hesitated. And, you know, from my cold reading, I could tell she knew that I would tell if uh, she was lying or not. She's like, well, daddy, I did try it, but I only tried it once and that was it. So, I, you know, I rewarded her for being honest. Um, but I know she's always going to be in situations just because of her friend group and her social aspect that there are there is going to be drinking in high school. There is going to be vaping. There is going to be energy drinks and all that. And I wanted to get your feedback about what you plan to do. I know Sterling's, you know, getting up there in age as well. So and your thoughts on that. Good question. Phenomenal question. Obviously, you and I have known each other for how long now? Uh, 14, 14 years, 14 years. Yeah. yeah. Long time. I've watched your daughter grow up and mm -hmm. you're right. I, I watched my children. That was definitely one of the major motivations for me to not drink alcohol. Uh, certainly, uh, I quit doing drugs when I was 23 years old for my children. Right. And, and, I, and I knew I don't want to one day, if I have kids, to tell my kids, do as daddy says, not as daddy does. I think that's hypocritical and I think that's really bad parenting. And so, you know, alcohol, as you know, I was a good drinker. I mean, I if, if there was a gold medal, I got them all. And I was a good drinker. And I never realized how much it bothered my kids. 
And I asked them the other day, I, I mentioned on yesterday's show that I was with my boys and I said, was I different when I drank? Cause I never, you, you've known me a long time. I never thought I was a mean drunk Yeah. except, and they said, no, but you were sloppy, you know, and, and as all drunks are, as all people that mm -hmm. drink alcohol are, even the ones that don't think they're sloppy, you're sloppy. If right. you had more than one, one drink in a night, you're probably sloppy. Yep. And, and just so with the kids, number one, that which we resist persists. So the worst thing a parent can do is say, oh, no, if you if you drink alcohol, I'm going to disown you and kick you out of the house. And I think the other side of that is you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. First and foremost, you should know that. I also want you to do what's best for you. And having lived a long life, there are some things that I did that I regret and I wish I hadn't done. And here are here they are. One of them is alcohol. And the only reason I drank alcohol is my dad gave me a shot of vodka at five years old and my entire young life, I would drink beer while sitting on his lap. I would sip off of his vodka shot. And I know now in retrospect, what that was, that was purely to try to connect with my father. Right. I, try, I tried cigarettes at 11 years old. I threw up everywhere when I had my first puff of cigarette because it was poison in my lungs. And my buddy who was 12, the neighbor kid, he said, if you just keep smoking, you'll get used to it. And I did. I kept smoking and I got used to it to the point where I could smoke and walk. I also realized that it was bad for me, that it was poison for me. And I started doing research even at 12 years old on people that had smoked their lifetime and ended up having their lungs removed or dying of lung cancer and all the other downside. So it was easy for me to quit that. The challenge was I looked around and everywhere I looked, most of the people were drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for me to make a choice in the midst of that. But I'll tell you that now that I know and I'm an adult and I'm smarter, I will tell you up front that you don't want to drink alcohol. That, that Yeah, you want to sample it, you do. There's a book and it's called, uh, gosh, what is it called? I Am Free. And the I Am Free book, uh, I Am Free From Alcohol. And one of the things that the author, and it's a brilliant book, by the way, it's a really good book for anybody wanting to give up alcohol. He wrote another one to become a non-smoker that Ashton Kutcher and a whole bunch of celebrities have used. One of the principles is just that, that he tells the person reading the book, do not stop drinking alcohol yet. Right. you got to set it up to we get to a point where you have your last drink. My wife, Erica, as you know, she has drank in her life. Right when we met, I gave her Cristal champagne. She'd never had champagne, let alone Cristal. And, you know, showed her what great alcohol was. I think the reason Erica stopped drinking was for me. I think she just didn't want me drinking and she didn't care that much. So she just didn't drink. And now that it's been, you know, 17 years later, she just doesn't drink. Right. So so for children, I, I think the, the, the not I think first thing is that honesty. I don't care what you do. I just want to know what you do. If you decide yeah. you want to drink your brains out, then just tell me, Dad, I, I drink a quart of vodka a day. If you want to smoke, just say, Dad, you know, I'm smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. The first thing that's important to me is that we're honest with each other and then I can support you. So that's first. I just want you to be honest of what's ever going on. You're not going to get punished. You're going to get supported. Secondly, I want you to know what this stuff does and what it means and where it goes. I do not think that marijuana is a gateway drug. I don't think people that do marijuana automatically are going to do cocaine or heroin. I just don't. I also think that a drug is a drug and anything that inhibits uh, our clarity is not good for us. Right. So you've got to acknowledge that. And then finally, 
What I want my kids to know is while you can do whatever it is you want to do, let's take a look at the other things you want to do. You know, in, in uh, Carson's point, you're an athlete. And as an athlete, that's, you know, that's your tool. And if you really are sincere about being really good as an athlete, you won't give it two thoughts. Even if the team captain is drinking and smoking and doing whatever they do because they're not you. And because right. you're my, my child, I just want you to ask, is it you? And I think that that's the biggest thing that you can do for your kid is keep coming back. Alan Carr's easy way to quit. Right. Drinking. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Alan Carr. Yeah, my, my bride just texted me as she's always the goddess taking care yes, of me. Yes, thank you, Erica. Thank you. Yeah, so I, have, I have that, by the way. Yes. I have the book, too. It's phenomenal. In fact, yeah. I remember the first time I read it. I read it before I stopped drinking. But the first time I read it, I quit drinking for like eight months after I read the book because it just didn't make any sense to drink anymore. And then I started drinking and very deeply buried the book in my desk to be sure I didn't stumble across it again while I was drinking. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a buzzkill. And uh, now, though, I would highly recommend Easy Way to anybody wanting to stop drinking, wanting to stop smoking, because they are very profound. But, you know, on the kid thing, just is this you? You know, if it's you, yeah. then yeah, I'll, heck, I'll buy your cigarettes for you if it's you. Is I this you? I like that. I like yeah, that. I like that phrasing because again, I, I think her personality is like, you know, she wants to do the opposite. Like if I say, Hey honey, tomatoes are really great. Oh no, I hate tomatoes. I'm going to do, I'm going to eat something else instead. I'm going to do the opposite. So I think with her personality too, that'll be even more effective, not based on the fear of something, but it's like, Hey honey, just as long as you're honest with me, I just want you to do whatever you want to be happy. Right. Does that sound? Yeah. Not, not, I just want you to do what, what's happy. What makes you happy. I want to do what's in alignment with who you are. Right. Okay. And I support whatever that is. You know, again, my own story, my kids know my story. Obviously, they watched my alcohol story. They saw me drinking. And on at least one occasion, I know that I was less than kind to my son. Okay. And and while it wasn't a big deal to me and I didn't think I was that unkind, he thought I was that unkind. And so I was. And and they don't know about my drug days because I obviously quit doing drugs a long time prior, but I'm open with them about it. And I, I've had the conversation. This is how I started doing drugs. This is why I started doing drugs. This is why I stopped. And, and so I think that having a real conversation so our kids end up better than we are is the best route. And yeah. I agree. Most kids are like your daughter and that they're going to do the exact opposite of what their parent tells them to do. And so much like yesterday, I said, you know, one of the phrases that I use with my kids that works really well is I just look them in the eye and I say, what am I going to say? What, what right, am I about yeah. to say? And, and they know what I'm about to say. And if I punish them, I ask them, do you know why I'm doing this right now? And the answer is always the same. Yes, because you love us. Okay, I do love you. But do you understand the rest of the motivation that, that you know, I'm doing this? Yeah, you don't want us to run in the house because you don't want us to break our arm. Yes, that's the reason. It's mm -hmm. not that I'm mean and, you know, I, I want to control the environment. And you're going to do what I want to do in the environment. It's because I'm smarter than you by virtue of the fact I've been around longer than you have been. And even if you don't realize I'm smarter than you right now, one day you, you'll know at this point I was smarter than you. And you'll recognize that I was just watching out for you because that's all I do. You're, you're my sole purpose. And I know your daughter knows that. And I know your bride knows that. Yeah. And again, I think, think this is a phenomenal question because we got a lot of parents dealing with this right now because it's it's worse than it ever was you know you talked about how you were when you were 12 or 13 or 14 years old yeah it's 10 times that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i i was uh my my wife and i were uh visiting some relatives and one of uh, my nieces was there and she's 15 okay. and 
I smelled cigarette smoke. And afterwards I said, did you know that she's smoking? She said, I didn't know that she smoked. How do you know she smokes? Did you see her smoking? I said, I didn't see her smoking. I smelled it. And she said, well, that doesn't mean she's smoking. She might've been around smokers. I said, you can live in denial all you like. I, I just know for a fact, uh, people that don't smoke don't reek like that just because they were near smokers. She, she reeked like a smoker and they certainly don't have it on her breath and she has it on her breath. Yeah. And, and, and again, the first thing my wife said was maybe her mom, my wife's sister, maybe she smokes. I said, maybe she does. And then maybe she doesn't care. And maybe she doesn't care if her daughter smokes. I said, but the fact of the matter is, yes, right around 12, 13, 14 years old, alcohol, drugs, tobacco, everything gets introduced. Yep. So any parent that thinks, oh, my kids, you know, they've never been exposed to alcohol or drugs or smoking. They're just in denial. No, they, they go to a private school and it's a you know Catholic school or a Mormon school. And we, you know, they just don't do that. I say hogwash. <laughs> you don't know that the private schools are worse. Right. Because they're, they're more confined and they're more restricted. And so they have more of a compulsion to do those things they're restricted from. And I said, so your kid is being exposed. If you're homeschooling your kids, yeah, maybe not quite as much. Anytime they're alone at church. Anytime they're alone at, you know, music class and they're hanging out with their band, somebody in their band's already smoking, guaranteed. Right. Somebody yep. in their gymnastics class has already tried drugs. It's just a fact. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway from our conversation. And I appreciate you asking that. And, yeah. and again, I love you. I love your wife. I love your kid. And nothing would make me happier than than anybody's kid listening to this program or any parent listening to this program and being able to have a better conversation about that thing that's hard to talk about and right. must be talked about. Thank you, Marcel. So, I love you. I love you too. I appreciate I it. Love you. I can't wait to see you again. It's been way, way, way too long. Yes. And we're, we're having great success with the broadcast already, even on day seven. So I'm excited about growing it and glad you came back, came back yes. home. Yes. All right. Have a great right, one. You, love you. You too, Bye brother. Now. I love you too. Take care, brother. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, we are our children's hypnotists. And you are the first hypnotist your kid encountered from the time they were born until they were probably seven at least, probably right around eight years old. Everything you said to your child, they believed to be true. And more importantly, they acted upon it as if it were true. And, and so, again, you've got to pay attention to what you're saying because what you're saying matters. Uh, let's see. Let's take another call here. Who did I promise? Go ahead and bring him up. Uh, producer Tom, Monica, you are loved. Hello, Marshall. Welcome home. Thank you. I'm going to tell you, I'm coming from Alberta, Canada. <laughs> Lovely. We, we, we love our Canadian friends. Yes. I'm connected to Annie and Adam. <laughs> oh, awesome. Th those are exceptional human beings. Yes, I think so as well. <laughs> so my question um, is, um, well, okay. So as you, as a human being, we often have these hard, we're hardest on ourselves. And how do we move forward in believing that we can do what we might feel is impossible? And how do we, how do we shut down that um, loud voice that is negative, that inner voice inside of us? How do we silence that voice? Well, the first way you silence it is acknowledge that it's your voice. Mm. That's the, that's the first step is that it's your voice. And if I said to you, uh, Monica, say this word, you could say that word. If I said a word you didn't want to say, if I said, Monica, you know, Monica, drop this F bomb 
and you say, Marshall, you know, there's kids here. I just don't think it's appropriate to drop the F-bomb. You wouldn't drop the F-bomb. Right. Our mind is our mind is no different. That the, the challenge with with thinking and our, our mind is people think that we have random thoughts in our mind. And we don't. It's the same as what comes out of our mouth. We choose what comes out of our mouth. We choose what we focus on in our brain. Does that mean that I, I don't have, you know, a flashing thought of somebody driving down the freeway? I can see that their arms hanging out their door and and I don't have a fleeting thought. Gosh, what if they're too close to another vehicle and it rips their arm off? Yes, those thoughts pop into people's heads and thoughts like that all the time. The distinction is, do we dwell? Do we dwell? Do we stay on that topic? Do we expand on that? Do we look everywhere for arms falling out of windows? Or do we just say, no, that was a fleeting thought? And frankly, a a genuine, realistic, and desirable concern, because it is. So what we do is we've got to ask ourselves this question, and here's the answer to what you asked me. Does it serve me? Does the belief that I'm holding right now about any topic, does it serve me? My wife, have you been to Turning Point? No, but I'm coming. Yes, you are. You are I coming am. as guests of Adam and Annie, correct? Right. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So when you come to Turning Point, we're going to talk about changing up your language patterns. And we're going to help you understand what are some of the words that we think actually work that don't. They actually work against us. And when we hold the belief, what happens is we step into that reality and nothing else works. One of the key words is try. Even Yoda said, try you mustn't, do you must. And the reason that we don't want to try is try automatically implies failure. It sets us up to lose. And so if we are trying something and we don't succeed at that thing, our brain will say, well, I did what you told me to do. I tried. In fact, if we succeed at the thing we're setting out to do, our brain doesn't think we're doing what we set out to do because now we're no longer trying. We're actually doing it. So as subtle as that one word might be, it has impact. My mother telling me early on, work hard, get ahead, because that's what she did. She worked three jobs. She never saw her kids. She worked herself almost to, to the grave. And it wasn't until I met my mentor who reinvented Halloween that I watched become a DECA millionaire worth $60 million inside of five years that I realized that hard work is not the way to success. Smart work is the way to success. And so when, when you start understanding what are the, distinct, the distinctions that cause people to become someone new, then you step into those distinctions. Also, can I ask you, like, so I have a passion. I love to help people. Yes. And so my passion is big. I have um, a couple of things I do. Well, I have several things I do, and I don't know how to home in to to that passion so i'm i'm uh, 63 years old all my kids are grown and they're adults well my, you look beautiful oh well thank you my definition yeah, you of parenting is that you are put into management they grow up you're um forcibly retired and then you're hired on as a consultant that's my that's my theme for parenting so and and so and, and i i love the fact i wouldn't have it any other way and i would have them grow so they've moved and my life my greatest passion was my children sorry so i'm trying no. to find that next purpose and that next step 
I am a Lomi Lomi practitioner. I um, do some body management. I'm moving forward to somatic breathing and things like that. I love to help people. I'm just trying to figure out how to pull all that together to move it forward. Yep. Well, Monica, you're going to fall in love with me. If you're I'm, not I'm pretty much in love with you. I really like you a lot. Thank you. <laughs> and, and here's the reason you're going to fall in love with me is we have the same passion and I get it. You know, I'm looking at my kids now at 12, about to turn 13, my next one turning 11, and my daughter's nine, and it's a blink. And I don't think people that don't have kids know how fast children grow. It's a blink. And so I'm counting, you know, maybe I've got, I don't even want to say it, and you, you almost came to tears. I understand. I got five more summers with my son, five more before he's 18, and he may not want to have anything to do with me. And so I hug him as much as I can. And I, you know, I make sure that I tell them I love them 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day. Your question is, what do you do once you're an empty nester? What do you do once they're grown? Well, obviously they, they need you in different ways. But I also think that, that I, I would agree, you know, my mother um, had 11 children. She birthed 11 children and we were her world. And I know that part of what, inspired my mother was that we children consistently reconnected with her. And I know that my mom, even when her own children were grown up and gone, she started taking in strays. She started taking in because she was always a welfare worker or worked in that kind of work. She started taking in strays. And a couple of times she concerned me with the kind of people she brought in. And I realized that, you know, I, I shouldn't be judging my mother for bringing in people that she cared about. But I did go to the people she brought in that I thought were questionable. And I said, you harm my mother in any way, you will be dead. So don't even think about it. And please know I don't make idle threats. You need to do something with kids. It's evident you love children. And it's evident you love helping people. You know, everything that you do from Lomi Lomi to everything else you do is all about serving other people. I'll put this out, Monica. What what did you do for money previously? Um, my dragon slayer, my husband. I Lovely. Was a stay-at-home stay mom. And um, that, like, when people say, oh, what did you do? What, what's your career? I chose to be a mother. And a wife. And a wife. Absolutely. Wife came. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a package deal. So, well, it's good that it's a package wife, deal. Wife and it's mother. And, I mean, I did odd little things. Like, I mean... We did mailbox sites, but I got that so that my kids would learn work ethic so that they could learn how to manage their money. So, yes. I mean, again, it was all toward my family. I taught dance. I taught dance as many years as my daughters wanted to take dance. I ha We have one son, five daughters. So, like, as long as they wanted poor, to take dance. Poor guy. I was, I was totally on board with that. He, our son thought so. It was He would he would lament with other people. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the I'm brothers. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I, I have uh, six sisters and four brothers. So luckily, I got a good balance. Yes, that is a good um, balance. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're already doing it. And, and yes, it is a full-time job. And no, you don't have to make excuses or explain things to anybody. My job was wife and mother. And mm -hmm. that is two full-time jobs. You know, I, I don't know how my wife does it. I don't know how Erica does it. And I certainly don't know how single parents do it. It's, it's near impossible, near impossible. So part of what you know, you talked about, and I love what you just mentioned, is that you wanted your kids to understand entrepreneurship. 
you didn't need the money. You didn't really even want to be in the business, but you wanted to be in a business so that your children would say, okay, I want to be in a business. This is how a business runs. So that is amazing. So when you, the, the, the piece though, that I think that you don't know that you haven't even really focused on because you haven't had to is monetization. How do I take something that I love like Lomi Lomi or teaching kids or, you know, raising children? How do I take that and how do I make it make money? And not because you need the money, because it's a benchmark. It's a scorecard. It is an indicator of how well you're doing what you're doing. And it's a way for you to say, okay, this works, but also help other people. We have a 501c3, a charity called Yes, uh, the Young Entrepreneur Society. And the Young Entrepreneur Society is to inspire children under the age of 18 to launch their own businesses, whatever it is, to take whatever it was. And it was born from my daughter. Prosperity uh, one day was at the table and she was making bracelets out of plastic beads. And I said, those are very nice. That's a lot of bracelets though. She said, yes, they're for my friends. I said, what a nice thing to give to your friends. And she looked up at me like I was nuts. She said, I'm not gonna give these to my friends. I said, what do you mean? She said, I'm gonna sell them to my friends. I said, yep, that's my daughter. That is my daughter. And uh, she made the plastic bracelets. And right after she made the pl plastic bracelets, she said, you know what, daddy? I don't really wanna sell plastic bracelets. I wanna sell real jewelry. I said, what do you mean? She said, I wanna launch my own company. And I'm just amused. And I said, really, what's it gonna be called? She said, it's gonna be called Prosperity Style. Nice. I said, really? She said, I said, what is it gonna be? She said, I'd like it to be jewelry. So her mom and I and her, all three of us, we sat down and we, we said, so what is your, what's your style? What's your logo? What's your brand? She said, well, I want it to be feminine. I said, okay, what's feminine? She said, roses are feminine. I said, okay, let's start with a rose. She said, I said, what else is it? She said, I want it to be elegant. I said, what's elegant? She said, well, you know, princesses are elegant. I said, what makes someone a princess? She said, they have a crown. I said, okay, let's put a crown on the rose. So that's her logo for prosperity style. It's a rose that wears a crown and it's gorgeous. It's a phenomenal, I'll, I'll, I'll play it against Louis Vuitton or, or any of these other logos that have become logo brands anywhere. And it's perfect. In fact, uh, prosperitystyle.shop is her website. I uh, didn't know that we didn't have prosperitystyle.com until yesterday. And I found out, I realized we didn't have it. And when I asked my wife why we didn't have it, she said it wasn't available. I went on line and it was immediately available. And so somebody must have had it and let it go, let it pass by, but we we nabbed it yesterday. So yes, when you come to turning point, number one, you're gonna love me because I monetize things. And I am unapologetic about that process because it's good for everybody. It's not just good for me, it's good for the people I sell to. It's good for people watching things being monetized. If both Canada and the United States had this massive movement where we all became entrepreneurs and we all decided we wanted to sell things, if that all happened at once, both economies would flourish. Both economies would massively flourish by that. And so I believe that the best thing that you could do right now is just figure out what do you love? You love kids, you love your kids, but you love kids. You love teaching people, that's clear. You taught dance just to be near your daughter. You taught dance just because you want to be near your kids and you said, heck, if they want to learn something, maybe I'll teach them. And then all their friends are here and I can hang out with them and I don't have to be away from them. You know, my wife, whenever she takes the kids to baseball or gymnastics or jujitsu or music or parkour, she stays with them, not just because we want to make sure they're safe. She likes being with her kids. And so she's made that her life. So I predict you're going to come to Turning Point. And after you go to Turning Point, 
you're going to decide that what you want to do is become an instructor, become a speaker, become a teacher. And I bet, I mark my words, you're probably going to say, I want to teach kids. And I love teenagers, which people say are hard, but I think they're fabulous. So that's a big thing. And, and just, just as a funny, Annie's my baby. <laughs> ah, wow. Well, no yeah. wonder you're so gorgeous. <laughs> I love my kids. I really do. Um, oh, and so I'm going to throw this out really quick because, you know, there's the, the uh, word of the day. And, um, and you said sentence. So set your clocks. It's time to fly to turning point. Any of those words fit in? <laughs> hey, nice. Good shot. I like it. But no, not the words. But no. Okay. Well, no, it's worth a shot. <laughs> so are you, are you and uh, uh, the husband coming to Turning Point? Yes, we are. Yay. Yeah, we're excited. He was he, he was in and out here, but we have an appointment here at the house. So, Good. yeah. So he didn't well, show you, himself. You just, made, you just made my day. The fact We're that very is, excited. Oh, you should be. The fact that you guys are family of people that have already been to Turning Point, you made my day. You made my day. Well, I'm, it's, I find you a very, oh, you're just a very uh, good, great, wonderful experience to hear and talk to and, and listen to. So thank you so much. Well, uh, ditto back to you. I love that you called your husband your dragon slayer. He is I, my adore, dragon. I adore your daughter and her husband, and I'm looking forward to having all of you at Turning Point. We'll see you soon. Okay, thanks. See ya. You bet. Take care. Life is good. Life is really good. Hey, uh, you know what? We've got... Uh, Normally, I would do at least one more call. I don't want to rush it. If you are in the queue, and I know we got a bunch of people in the queue. I know the queue is full right now. Make sure that we have your name. Make sure that we have your information. And uh, then you're going to get on tomorrow's show. We, we're running out of time today, and I don't want to cut you loose. So we're going to wrap it up. In, in wrapping up, in, in, in summary, yeah, that's the word I was looking for, summary, which is not the secret word, by the way. In summary... I wanted to uh, tell you that, you know, part of what's got to happen is you've got to be happy. That is the millionaire mindset is what do most major fortunes from Google and Facebook and uh, uh, Twitter, back when it was Twitter, now X, uh, certainly Tesla, most major companies and most major successes were not created by people who set out to make money. That wasn't their intention. The Google boys just wanted an easier way to search the internet. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg just wanted to get laid uh, and wanted to be able to be the guy rating all the girls. So it, they don't usually start off with a purpose of making money. It transforms into that. So I want you to know if all you're doing is something to make money, reconsider your motivations, reconsider what drives you in that and find the thing that you would do, even if you didn't make money. For me, changing your life. So as we're wrapping up the show today, we had Teresa on first, we had Ken, and we had Monica just now. You choose. Vote in the chat. Who gets the 10 ounces of pure silver today? Vote in the chat. And uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll announce who got the votes. Teresa was asking about being an author when she doesn't really think that that is what she's suited to. Ken was asking about drugs inside of his, you know, how, how do we talk, have the hard conversation with our kids about drugs and alcohol and smoking? And then obviously Monica was just talking to me about, you know, what do you do once the kids are moved out? How do you reinvent yourself? How do you become someone new? So you vote who was the most interesting call of the day. I'll announce tomorrow first thing who won the 10 ounces of pure silver. And uh, tomorrow, maybe it's going to be you. Word of the day inside of the word of the day envelope was not mentioned. I, I said, 
before we started the show, the top of the show, and listen very carefully during the first 30 minutes. I, I won't always say it right away. I will always give you at least two clues. I do my best to give maybe three or four clues, but I always give at least two, and today I did. Today I started off the broadcast by saying today is going to be a monster of a show, and there's a lot of architecture that goes into putting a show like this together. I gave clues. They're not going to be easy. It's not. I'm giving away thousands, but it is going to be given away eventually. And so what is a monster inside of architecture? Well, if you look at old buildings and you check out the architecture and you see a monster on the building, that was the secret word of the day. The secret word of the day today was gargoyle, gargoyle. So if you had said gargoyle, you would have won eight grand today since nobody did. Tomorrow, it goes up 500 bucks to $8,500. You could be the winner. 500 bucks added every single day. And I'll keep doing that until somebody wins. Hey, if you have not yet downloaded your free I Am uh, a Millionaire audio download, it's totally free. It will program your brain like we've been talking about with millionaire mindsets. Listen to it every single day. I'm not charging you for this. It's totally free. Go to I Am the Next multimillionaire.com. I am the next multimillionaire.com. When you get there, you'll put in your data. It'll ask for your information. It'll give you access to a free, totally free audio program that normally sells for 50 bucks. My way of reprogramming your brain and get you into the millionaire mindset. In addition, when you're there, check the page out. We are about to announce uh, something that I was going to do prior to COVID was that I was going to take 12 people no cost to them, totally free. Take 12 people and over the course of 120 days, mentor them to become millionaires. And if I'm not able to make at least one of them a millionaire in 120 days, I'll give $2 million to charity. And the person that makes the most money over a million bucks, not only keeps all their money, everybody keeps their money, keeps all their money, but because they made more than anybody else over a million bucks, I'll also give them an additional million bucks. It's all spelled out on that webpage, IamTheNextMultimillionaire.com. Check it out. Download the audio program. Review the content. And we'll see you on tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show is going to be a phenomenal one. Our guest on tomorrow's show. Let me take a look. See who we got. On tomorrow's show, Mauricio Rauld is with me. Uh going to be a phenomenal show. Also taking your calls. So we'll see you then. Until we meet, have an awesome day. Tell at least three people you barely know that you love them or that they are loved. Get at least uh, two or three hugs from complete strangers. Just walk up and say, hey, are you into hugs, man? Make their day and your day better. I'm Marshall Silver. Remember, celebrate life. We'll see you tomorrow.